What is up? Welcome back to the Pack Center Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything Nevada athletics, episode 147. I am your host, Matt Hennepin. I'm here with my co-host, Isaiah Burrows. Isaiah, this week is one of the few weeks where we don't have a whole lot to get to, just a lot of the smaller sports playing. Um, we're going to talk some, probably some NCAA tournament at the end. Um, I'm a big NBA and basketball fan, so I don't think we're going to get into trade deadline talk because that's literally happening right now. Um, we're two and a half hours away from the deadline but like no one cares about us talking about the nba trade deadline unless like luke babbitt's involved like but he's not even on a team so um unfortunately not that'd be cool though but yes you know oh you know what we could talk about a former nevada player already being traded that's javel mcgee oh yeah javel mcgee got traded this morning um he was traded to the cleveland cat or he was traded from the cleveland cavaliers to the denver nuggets um, Denver gets another backup center behind Jokic. He's back in Denver. Yeah. His second stint of his career. Yeah, wasn't he there? Didn't he get traded there in like 2012? Yeah, he was traded for Nene straight up. That was when George Carl was still on the team. They had, I was, um, if I'm not mistaken, that was the 51 52 win team that George Carl had back in 2012 with Iguodala, Andre Iguodala. Um, oh my goodness. Oh boy. Uh, Chandler, what's his name? Wilson Chandler. Wilson Chandler. Thank you. A couple of those guys. I'm missing one of the guards they had. I think they had Jameer Nelson off the bench. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a quick search for you. Yeah, thank you. You know, I'm going to keep talking to Yeah, that was a very – I know that was the straight-up – They were actually 38, a 38-win team. I'm sorry. That was a, that was a lockout year. Well, you know what? Could we look at the uh, 2013 team then? I'm, I'm, they were the four seed, got upset they were by 50, – They were uh, a 57-win team. Thank they you. finished second. In the West. That's they what I was talking Western, about. They lost in the first round to the Warriors. To the Warriors. That was the coming of the Warriors that year. Because the next year they'd win the championship. I mean, who was on that roster, if you don't they mind? They didn't win the championship the next year. 2014-15? Yes, they that did. Was, no, this, I'm talking about 20... That was the 2012-13 season. Oh, was that the 2012-13? Yeah. My apologies. Yeah. That's they didn't win it next year, and then they ended up winning it in 14-15. Yeah. And then they lost. 15-16. 16, 17, 17, 18, they won back-to-back. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into some Nevada. Yeah, let's get to some Nevada basketball. <laughs> I mean, it's Nevada kind of semi-Nevada-related. Like Nevada related. Yeah. Nevada alumni. Um, Donna DiPolo uh, set the or set a record for uh, Nevada in the 100-meter breaststroke. She finished with under just a smidge under a minute. Um, 59, just had over 59 seconds. Um, I think it was, believe it was her first ever time finishing under one minute um, in her career for that single event. Um, and so that was cool. I think she she finished 21st in that event, and then she also did the 200-meter breaststroke and finished with just uh, two minutes, nine seconds, um, finishing 29th, which is the second best time in school history. So just a couple of record, record-breaking events. I mean, not one of them is not record-breaking, but just a couple – she she etched her name into school history. Oh, definitely. Uh, for those two events at the NCAA championships. So, I mean, congratulations, uh, Donna. Oh, yeah. Huge props. And a major shout-out to Donna DiPolo. What she's been able to do just these past couple years is so awesome. You know, she's a stud. And, I, I you know, like you hear, like, I guess you could say she's a stud in and out of the pool. That sounds very weird to say, but you hear it saying, like, you know, on and off the field, um, on and off the floor. But... What she does academically as well, studying astrology, studying serious, serious topics like that, her academic schedule is stuffed to the absolute brim. So for her to compete 
at such a high level like she's been able to, not only for Nevada, but during, you know, representing Nevada in the NCAA championships, just huge shot. Huge shout out to Donna DiPolo. You're a stud in every facet of the word. Yeah, and uh, a couple other things that happened this week was Nevada baseball. Um, They scored 20 runs in a game, which, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. It's the first time they've had 20-plus runs in a game since 2016. Um, And, I mean, I I found a stat where beside the two games, besides the two games that they had against Cal Poly where they scored 11 and, I believe, 10 runs, they scored 22 runs in the remaining games combined leading up to that game, or, like, not counting that series. And then they just go out and score 20 runs in the second game of the doubleheader against Fresno State. Like, Yeah, it's been inconsistent this year, to say the least. We haven't been able baseball, to... Baseball, am I right? That's baseball for you in so many <laughs> ways. I mean, it's... Can't predict baseball. It's it's tough. Yeah, that's one of the things that's held back the team a little bit to this point is just inconsistent offensive performances. And, you know, some disappointing starting pitching performances at some points, too. But overall, I mean... <laughs> When you score 20 runs in a game, you'll certainly take it. And obviously, Dario Gomez, Dylan Shrum just leading the way as all, you know, I've, the way they've been able to really string together some serious, serious at bats at the plate has been impressive. Gomez right now is just absolutely tearing up the Mountain West Conference. He's as, all over yeah, the boards. As we talked about last week. Yeah, he's been absolutely tremendous. What an addition to this program. Yeah, I agree. They won the first game. Seven to six, as we mentioned, they scored twenty runs in the second game. They won twenty to ten. Um, that game only lasted eight innings. So Nevada did score twenty one eight innings, pretty impressive feat. But they lost the final game eight to three um, on Sunday. Yeah, no, just another impressive. You know, you'll take that, take those results all day, and just getting back into the win column, trying to find some consistency on both sides of the ball is so important right now, and I think we're starting to see that. Serious offensive explosions, solid starting pitching, bullpen starting to shape it out a little bit. I mean, I really do think this team has what it takes to play at a higher level come conference play in a lot of ways. And there's been opportunities, not just that last game, but this year where they've kind of left runners on base. And at least in the first two games, they were able to capitalize on that. I mean, in the last game, they left eight runners on base. I mean, that's just frustrating and, results. And, and they hit into a couple double plays, which kind of took the wind out of their sails a little bit. I mean, I know you have nine opportunities to score runs but or in this case eight or no it would be nine because they were at home this was their first home series of the season they took two of three which is still impressive but just those little missed opportunities that um can happen in any given game really yeah definitely i mean we talked about it last week few of those things you know like you said not capitalizing with runners in scoring position not doing those types of things offensively sometimes it turns a win into a loss very quickly and that's what's happened to nevada baseball at some points this year, I mean, you can point to some games, UNLV, USC stick out. Um, you know, those are a couple games where a few things just break their way. All of a sudden, you're looking at Nevada as a serious non-conference player to this point. But that's baseball for you in a lot of ways. So just got to take a one game at a time, one series at a time. And that's what they're doing right now. And the results speak for themselves. So Nevada baseball's next series, they'll... Uh, be back on the road. They have a three-game set at New Mexico. New Mexico's four and five on the year. They swept uh, Air Force early in the year in their first, I believe, conference series of the season, but have fallen in the most recent to to Oregon or well, Oregon. They're not even in the Mountain West. <laughs> Fresno State, New Mexico. I don't know what I was saying, or to Fresno State and UNLV. Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting 
hopefully a solid series from Nevada baseball considering just how well they've wrapped up their home series. Not at this point, New Mexico is not that much of a formidable threat. I think Nevada has what it takes, especially offensively at this point, coming off some of their performances to take another series, you know, and keep this little train they got going, going. A couple other uh, events that happened this week was uh, Nevada women's soccer. Um, they tied in their two games to San Jose State and Fresno State, uh, one-to-one. Um, they tied with San Jose State. Maddie Marr had Nevada's only goal in the 75th minute to tie it at one um, in the first game. And then, of course, Nevada wasn't able to scrape across a run as well as uh, Fresno State in that second game. So, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy how fast this soccer season, this women's soccer season's passed by. Five games left, man. Holy moly. But let's see if they can start – you know, getting back into the the scoring column a little bit more consistently, and just get a win. Just get a win. <laughs> They're oh three and two. Just get a win. You know, Kendall Stovall's still killing the game in that regard too. So the defense has been on point. But yeah, let's just let's get a win. <laughs> Sorry. You know, Nevada softball took the series against SDSU. Lauren Gutierrez. Lauren Gutierrez. Mountain more West like player of the week. Lauren Gutierrez. That was a great tweet by the Nevada softball account. What a week she had. Named, like you said, one Mountain West Conference Player of the Week. She had a stunning 455, 5 for 11 at the plate with six RBIs in the three-game stretch, double and a home run. Just been absolute, absolute offensive tear for Gutierrez. And, I mean, this team in general right now, Haley Goins, I mean, the list goes on and on. Nevada softball has just been piling up the runs, and it's been so awesome to see. I mean, they, they dropped the first game 8-7, to seven, but then they came back 5-2 to two and 9-8, to eight, got both of those wins, took the series, and considering just the layoff, or not the layoff, but the downtime can, due to COVID-19 protocols and everything like that that unfortunately hit the program. They were just firing on all cylinders offensively. It's so cool to see, and they're off to an 11-7 start. I mean, this this team's got what it takes, pitching and offensively, to just really potentially make a serious run come conference play and see what they're really capable of. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Kraft had kind of a rough outing in that third game but she made up for it or she had a very good second game she had a uh, complete game seven innings eight, seven innings of two run ball uh two run ball uh despite the kind of lowly performance in the second or in the third game but um overall good weekend from um nevada softball team it's good to see them back first and foremost as you mentioned from that seven game absence and it's good to see them uh take the series most importantly yeah, definitely. And one of the other shout-out offensive performers was Haley Berta as well. Two RBI single in the first game. Uh, homered with Gutierrez in the second. Helped bring back those bats back to life. So just shout-out Nevada softball. They've been playing really well this far, and they're going to continue. I'm really excited about that. You know, transitioning into men's golf, they finished 13th in the 18-team pool in just two rounds at the National Invitation Tournament, the NIT. And they finished 13th in the first round and 15th in the second round. And you know what? We did place ahead of some of our Mountain West Conference opponents, you know, including Wyoming and Colorado State. They finished 15th and 17th, so it's a big plus there. Always trying to sneak a couple, you know, wins or, you know, a couple spots higher against Yeah, it's not a win. It's a couple placements higher. out of 18, yeah. Then a couple of your your conference competition. I mean, they were, I think, the top three teams in that tournament were uh, nationally ranked. Yeah. Uh, Trey Davis, Sam Harden, Sam Meek, Brendan McDougal, and Tom Patterson 
all kind of filled up the leaderboard. They, uh, Davis and Harden, Harned, apologies, both placed inside the top 50. Meek was um, placed 53rd. McDougal placed 87th, and Patterson placed 92nd. And that kind of wraps up our weekly spring sports recap. So, you know, usually during these segments we talk about, you know, Nevada basketball, Nevada football, depending on, you know, what season we're in. But right now, obviously both of those sports are not going on, or at least Nevada basketball season has been, you know, done for for a little while now. So we just have a little bit of time to talk about some stuff. I mean, whatever you want to talk uh, about. I mean, we forgot to mention volleyball. Their game was canceled this weekend at Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) Diving into some men's and women's tennis, the men's tennis team split the weekend. They absolutely bulldozed Idaho 6-1. They took seven of the nine individual matches, but then they dropped their following game to St. Mary's 4-1 for the second straight weekend. So, you know, I guess you'll take a split in that regard, but keep an eye on their performance throughout. The women's team had a pretty dominant weekend. They swept Dominican University of California. Yes, it's called the Dominican University of California. We should just preface by saying that. Yeah, and the Academy of Art as well. Uh, They beat Dominican 7-0 and beat Academy of Art 4-1. So dominant weekend for women's tennis. And just to wrap up the weekly spring sports recap, women's volleyball, their game against Wyoming was canceled, unfortunately. So let's hope to have them back playing very soon and, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of wraps things up for our weekly spring sports recap. We usually get into much bigger topics, you know, regarding Nevada football, regarding Nevada basketball, considering what they're doing throughout the season. But obviously Nevada basketball season ended, and now it's, you know, it's about the NCAA tournament. We could talk about a few movements, maybe a potential addition, because as we referenced last week, a certain player is making a decision in Nevada's in one of the final four schools. So, you know, just some a, a few things to talk about, a few interesting subjects. So if you want to take it away, I mean, I'll lead I'll yeah. with you. Well, yeah, where do you want to start with that? We could talk about, all right, so we talked about last week how A.J. Brahma has uh, narrowed Nevada down to three teams, uh, St. Bonaventure, Western Kentucky, and Nevada. He was a transfer from Robert Morris this last season. He averaged 20 and 10. Um, he, he's a six 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 seven guard who... Um, loves to attack and loves to slash, and he's not much of a floor spacer. Um, but he also added another team to that mix uh, over this last week. Um, he added Arizona State, who's the biggest school in all of this. Um, Arizona State's a good basketball program. They might be the best basketball program among all four of those schools. I mean, I know Western Kentucky's usually kind of in it for a potential tournament bid, uh, or they at least they have been with Charles Bassey these last couple of years, and with St. Bonaventure, I mean, they're in the tournament now. They were a nine seed this year, um, but they lost to LSU, which we'll probably get into in a little bit. But um, all three of them, plus Arizona State, are all good programs. Um, he said, he announced on Twitter, I can't remember what day, but it's sometime earlier this week that he was going to uh, formally announce where he was transferring to on Friday. Isaiah, what is your pitch for him to join Nevada? If he I mean, was listening, if he yeah. was hypothetically listening to this, what would be your pitch? Well, first off, if he was hypothetically listening to this, give us a five star rating. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> please give us a five star rating, AJ, if you're listening to this podcast. But let me tell you why you should join Nevada. I mean, one of the, you know, most electric, most, what can I just say? Just one of the most noteworthy teams in the Mountain West Conference this season. And it can only, you know, the only direction right now we're trending in a serious upwards direction and considering the future of this program 
big things, big things can be happening. I mean, you're talking from national outlets that this team can be potentially nationally ranked. I know that is still a little bit, you know, a little can bit be seen of a reach. Yeah, a little bit far-fetched, but just considering the talent that Steve Alford has brought into this program and what we've seen, one of the things as well that, you know, Brahma would be interested in is whenever those types of transfers are ready to make an impact in the college game, it's almost as if uh, Alford does a tremendous job of fitting into their talents to the overall scheme. Look at what he's done with Jalen Harris two years ago. Look at what he did this year with Grant Sherfield, Desmond Cambridge, Warren Washington. Each of them really did showcase their own individual abilities. And with Brahma, with his physical skill set and everything like that, I think Alford would do wonders with his physical traits and everything like that. So, AJ, if you're listening, once again, five-star rating, my guy. But that's a big reason why you should come join Nevada because this team's young, they're hungry, and I think they're ready for success, and they need something to put them over the top, and he could be just that. I'm surprised you didn't mention, I mean, of course, from a basketball perspective and an on-court fit, um, he he might fit. I mean, I wonder who becomes expendable because, I mean, I know we talked about Hey, someone we have now 14 scholarship players, one above the NCAA maximum of 13. Who is going to be that odd man out? And with if we had AJ, that would just bring back it, us back up to two. So I wonder who becomes expendable at that expense. Um, and of course, I mean, he'll, he'll be filling in either as a three next to Sheriffield or Cambridge, or he'll be he'll be behind one of the two. Um, and I wonder if like if hypothetically he would come to Nevada, if like Trey would move to a small ball four, and he would just be lengthy <clears throat> yeah tenacity. he may have to bulk up a little bit more he's pretty he's a he's, he's a, a big, big guy dude, but yeah he's he, a big he guy bulk up. He's, he's a lot more length and size right now so i mean he's still like he's still big and he could still like we see it in the film when he attacks the rim and he's able to use his physicality and uh finishing through contact um but i wonder if i wonder what the scenario would be in that situation who would be the in that case the two ottoman out but i'm surprised yeah. he didn't mention the i mean Tahoe, um, the scenery of Nevada and how beautiful of a campus it is. AJ, if you like skiing, if you like snowboarding, I mean, Nevada's pretty premier for that. If you like the mountains. The Sierras? Yeah, the Sierras. No, yeah, you bring up a great point. Just the, um, the where Reno is, I mean, that's, it's, you know, if you're a native of Reno, obviously you know just how versatile this particular area is, you know, you're an hour away from California, an hour away from Tahoe, kind of go all over the West Coast because it is in you know, smack dab in the right part of Nevada. Obviously, if you want to travel down south, that's going to be a little bit of ways, but it's versatile in that way. And that's something that could easily interest someone in to not only thinking about their on-court performance, but what they're going to be doing off it. And, you know, academically speaking, too tier one university Mm -hmm. have a series of classes and everything like that for whatever you're interested in case you know things you know away from basketball what is he majoring in can you see that on his profile that's a great question i don't know that look it up okay i mean you're gonna have to fill up some time here i mean i mean what yeah what are some other points like i brought up the encore performance you know do you think his fit would be kind of good with nevada what do you think that would be overall it just depends like I think, I mean, he's going to be a starter. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. He would have to move to the three spot, uh, and Trey would probably have to move to the all ball, uh, to a small ball four, um, and Washington would be at the five. I mean, I think Nevada could make that work. I mean, it's kind of two and a half uh, floor spacers and two and a half 
like non floor spacers because it's like Trey can be a half floor spacer. What did you find something? Yeah, he's majoring in a organizational leadership. So maybe if, he could I be think a, I don't know if Nevada has that. Yeah. As, well, think. maybe he can transition that leadership to the court. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> what did you just say? Maybe he could transition that leadership to the court, but we'll see. We gotta see about that. But anyways, yeah, I mean, oh man, the, the fit is interesting, and like you said, that's gonna be two players now. You're gonna have to make some serious tough decisions. I think we talked about it last podcast. You know, it's a good problem to have, but you hate doing it. It's a tough process. Not only going through what player to, you know, rescind their scholarship offer to, but the the whole conversation or in general. players in this instance. Pl- oh yeah, as well. Yeah, if if AJ does join the squad, um, it's it's tough, you know, because you know we talked about it last podcast, just how hard it is to be a student athlete at a Division One program and to just have that opportunity taken away because other players are interested in joining and bringing a more maybe diverse skill set. It's it must be a, such a you know a tough process and decision making effort to kind of go through that yeah as we talked about it we don't like talking about this stuff because that means one the worst case scenario is all for have to cut someone's scholarship or two a better scenario for the player and for the coach so it's like not as um you're not like burning a bridge is them transferring to another school um or it's better it's i feel like that's better than just cutting someone's scholarship um, you're offered because offered wouldn't have to make that decision but it, we don't like talking about this stuff but then again like nevada's depth isn't a bad is a good problem to have definitely definitely and you need that type to you know make a deep conference run potentially and get that national recognition you know it's what it takes in a lot of ways so i guess we'll see but um if you had a prediction do you even want to predict where you think he's going to land or you know if I had to it would put... be easier to make a prediction if I knew him. Yeah, I think so too. Because it's like, I, I, we don't. Yeah. Because we don't know what they're thinking. We don't know their thought process behind all of this. I mean, we could always speculate. Yeah. And would you? you know are you? Do you want to speculate? Not really. Because it's like it's also would be like biased to just be like, oh yeah, like Nevada. Nevada. No, and you know, just it's just off a of name value too. You can't get sucked into that at the same time. So you know what? We're just gonna find out tomorrow. And no matter what, we if wish, I were to guess, it'd be Arizona State, just would, because would, that's the biggest put, school, and that's yeah. and this late addition. I think he's seriously considering it. I like just going through the mind of that. You know, just putting that into perspective can be important. I'd put money if I had to put you know five cents on it, because that's all I'm putting on it. Um, I'd guess ASU in that regard too. But no matter what, we wish AJ Brahma, you know, the best mm-hmm. regarding his collegiate future, whether that be in the silver or blue or not. Yeah, it's also a thing where we also have to factor in the fact that he did visit Nevada um, when he was in high school. It's important. Or that's what he said he's visited Nevada per 247 Sports, which we talked about on the last podcast. He did say he did visit Nevada um, when he was in high school, and he's from California. So, I mean, ASU would kind of sort of be close to that. Nevada would be obviously much closer, um, as we talked about, so it's closer to home. So maybe he does join Nevada. Who knows? We're just... Um, two guys talking about this, but yeah, I mean that's it's kind of hard to speculate when you don't necessarily know the guy. Yeah, definitely. It's we're just gonna find out find out tomorrow. Simple as that. But um, 
you know, speaking to the Mountain West Conference in general, I mean, once again, a couple early exits in that NCAA tournament. Was not great. Did you I mean, not... if you're rooting for the Mountain West, that's not great. So do you want to hear a little bit of a, a stat, maybe a little quiz quiz, a little quiz nose? Sure, quiz me. Okay. I quiz you a lot on here, so quiz me. Okay, so with Utah State. Are you going to ask me what time it is in Paris? No, no, okay, see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually ask a good question, not what time it is in London. Shout out London. Shout out our London listeners. The double L. That's a good question. You wouldn't. You didn't know it. It's it's a bad one. You know, Why? just because I don't know the answer doesn't always make it a good question. No, but it makes you think. And anyways, yeah, yeah, makes me think. Anyways, shout out the double L's, the London listeners. Shout them out. So Utah State lost to Texas Tech, you know, sixty-five fifty-three, and San Diego State was just got their blow their uh, doors blown off by Syracuse, seventy-eight sixty-two. So. Now, Nevada, the 2018-19 Nevada team that advanced to the Sweet 16 was the last Mountain West Conference team to win once at least one single game in the Mountain West in the NCAA tournament in how many seasons? Wait, do you want me to repeat you said that? Nevada, that was very you said weird. you said Nevada in 2018-19 they lost. That was the the year they lost to Florida. You mean 2017-18? That was a Sweet 16 year. Yes, I'm so sorry. Can I? Re- you want me to repeat this yes, question? Yes, please do. So the two, th- yeah. Wow. Hey, great job, Isaiah. Way to go. The 2017-18 Nevada basketball team that advanced to the Sweet 16 is the last Mountain West Conference team to win at least one game in the NCAA tournament in how many seasons now? Like, so you want me to guess the last year they did it, or just? Yeah. So. Um. How many seasons has it been now? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I'll say ten. It's been six. Six. A close guess. I mean, it just kind of goes to show. Holy moly! You know, a couple. You know, this brings kind of an interesting topic to the table because, like. You know, considering last year how great SDSU was and not having an NCAA tournament really hurt them. But then again, it just goes to show that, you know, Mountain West teams in a lot of ways, excluding that Nevada 2017-18 team, heck, the, the, the next year's team, the 18-19 squad disappointed considering their preseason ranking and their nationally ranked team and their performance against Florida the year after. It's just been really tough. You know, Mountain West Conference teams haven't, strung together a single win, let alone much depth into this tournament, and that hurts the conference as a whole financially. In a lot of ways, it has a serious trickle-down effect, and, you know, it's just it's kind of disappointing to see, especially this season, you know, with two, as we've talked about, you know, on end, stout programs, Utah State and SDSU, especially in conference play. We saw how legit they were and how well they matched up against Nevada. I mean, I, I think by the end of it all this season, you could say they were the two top teams in that conference. So just to see them kind of not really be all that competitive, the NCAA tournament was a little disappointing. I mean, San Diego State looked like they haven't seen the zone in their entire life when they faced Syracuse. Like it was, they looked bad. It was just no two ways about it. They did not look good. Um, I mean, for at least a little bit, Utah State put up a fight against Texas Tech and that, 
ultimately didn't um, result in what you would want. But yeah, Nevada or like those two teams just got the doors blown off. Yeah, I mean definitely, and you know just hoping. And I was excited for that San Diego State Syracuse game. Like I was like Buddy Bayheim versus Matt Mitchell. That was cool. And then Buddy Bayheim was just absolutely electric, and especially at the end of that first half where he just went on a run. Or, I mean, he couldn't miss. I mean, it was just him coming up at the floor, catch and shoot, or off the dribble. He was just, you just wouldn't miss. And there was that, that long stint, I believe, San Diego State went like close, or I think it was around 10 minutes without scoring. It was like, what? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? That's how you dig yourself a hole. I mean, shows. Yeah, it's just, like you said, there was some, maybe some hype, you know, maybe some anticipation heading into it. But the results, they speak for themselves in so many ways. You know, the conference just hasn't, really matched up to that level of competition, excluding Nevada's run in 2018. Not the 18-19 season, but 17-18. So, uh, I don't know. It just, just brought up an interesting discussion at that point. And I guess we'll see next season. Maybe, you know, obviously we're hoping Nevada can potentially. I feel like I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Yeah, but that seems like we're getting I would always say process. temper expectations a little bit, especially after 2018-19, but like this could be a postseason tournament team regardless if it's the NCAA tournament or not. Yeah, I really hope that's the case too. I mean, you look at this team on paper, what they have in store, you saw how well this team has uh, exceeded expectations these last two years. The future's bright. I know we talked about that when, when the season ended a couple weeks prior, but you know maybe they can break the curse once again you know hopefully make it two and seven or maybe another team makes it three and seven if we get a couple more opponents in there but you know it's just like you said I think at some points they've just been outmatched in a lot of ways and it's not really good to see and hopefully Patterson and Baker mitigate that yeah. oh yeah definitely and it's also Nevada will also have more opportunities at a non-conference or to beat non-conference foes this year which could be just improve their resume but then again um the remaining 200-plus teams nationally will also have that opportunity. So it's kind of like... Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point because, you know, maybe some other teams who didn't make an NCAA tournament appearance this year can do the same with more non-conference games in their own right. So it's just something to see going forward next year. But, you know, high hopes for Nevada. But let's let's temper expectations in that regard at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's like with Patterson Baker walking in the door, can we expect the same type of performance from Sherfield? Yeah, can and we Cambridge expect the same from Desmond or KJ or Warren or whatever? Yeah. That's all speculatory. We'll get into that like as as the off season continues, but um, it's going to be hard to uh, repli- replicate those performances. But um, they they are also very good players, and we undersold at least Grant heading into this year. And I think you and I both did. I mean, Austin wasn't. Uh, as low and on him as us. Not to say he was a bad player or anything, but we're safe. But we were more expecting Des to be that number one guy because of his track record at Brown. Um, but hey, Grant was phenomenal this year. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he exceeded my expectations for sure. You know, he was kind of a mystery going into it, considering just you know he didn't play that much at Wichita State. But holy moly, I guess we know now he is. He can play. Can play at you know some of college basketball's highest level, and it's I won't make that mistake again. I I think heading into this offseason, I think you and I will really look into what Baker and Patterson can bring to this program. I think we won't undersell just how talented they are individually in their own right. Right. No, I hundred percent agree with you there. All right, let's get into some 
NCAA tournament talk, I guess. This was a crazy weekend. Um, yeah, take it away. I mean, just three double-digit seed seeds are in the uh, Sweet 16. Um, Oral Roberts. I mean, the jokes fly themselves. We're not going to talk about it. Um, and then Oregon State and who am I forgetting? I said three. I am not sure. Oh, it's UCLA. UCLA was the other one because they're the 11 seed that uh, beat Michigan State in the uh, first four. Um, they beat BYU and then they beat uh, Abilene Christian. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah, it was UCLA. I was thinking it was a smaller school for some reason because there was a lot of upsets, um, including uh, Isaiah's uh, favorite uh, sister, Sister Jean, um, advanced. Uh, they beat number one Illinois. I mean, that was an upset. I had that in one of my brackets. I was pretty hyped about that, especially my best money bracket, which isn't doing as well as it was at the beginning. Hey, you're still in the running, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Eighth place in like an 88-person pool, 88-bracket pool, something like that. Hey, a couple more, a couple games swing in your favor. You shoot right up those leaderboards to the upper echelons. I was in the upper echelons until like Texas lost, Texas Tech lost. Sorry, I had to root against Musk once. Shaka Smart, baby. We talked about him. Yeah. Don't bet. Or you and I talked about him off air. That was not. Oh, was that? Yeah, that was off. Oh, no, no, no. Didn't we talk about, you know, Mo Bamba? And I, I got his name wrong. I got Shaka Smart's name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I may have cut that. I can't remember. It's a good thing if we did. Because it was a bad segment. It was. But, yeah. Yeah, Shaka Smart. I mean, speaking of Arkansas. Hey, they're still in it. Congratulations, Eric Musselman. I yeah, know. Con- congratulations, Eric Musselman. I mean, I know Nevada fans are going to be like, oh my God, what are you talking about? We talk about Eric Musselman on this podcast a lot. Yeah, we talk about We're him a big lot. fans. We're big fans. He's the best coach in Nevada basketball history. I think we, sh- we should pay him his respects and stop being super petty over um, him leaving. Like, I don't. Do you expect him just to stay forever? I don't think he's Mark Few. No. no. Maybe people are salty about the way he left, but come on, that was three years ago. It's three like, years ago. It's time to get over it. I think yeah. we talked about that last. Last segment, yeah. last last time on the pod, and what he's doing at Arkansas right now. Boo can you blame he, him? Boo hoo! He left yeah. Reno for uh, more a, money. A better job. Yeah. Can you blame him? Look at what. Look no. at how good that team is. Team They're is very good so team. good. It's a really good team. I mean, it's it challenges that eighteen nineteen squad and the seventeen eighteen squad for, of Nevada in a lot of aspects, and they're still in the tournament. They're in the Sweet Sixteen. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I know you and I are. I mean, I. I, I know you're rooting for him for bracket purposes, but um, aside from that, yeah. I'm still like, hey, hope if Must advances, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see them in the Elite Eight, obviously. I mean, gosh, they're one of the most notable teams in my mind that stick out to me just because of Musselman for that very reason. So I want them to go far at this point. Um, and he's facing Abilene Christian, who he also uh, faced earlier this year. And they, I think, believe they won. It was like 87, 76 or something like that. Yeah, Abilene Christian. Wow. What a story that's been, too. I mean, this is... Or not Abilene. Oral Roberts, I mean. Oral, Oral Roberts, Roberts, I'm Oral sorry. Oral Roberts, not But Abilene, Abilene Christian. They also... Abilene yeah, they, Christian's yeah, also that, in it. And Arkansas also played Abilene Christian, too, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Arkansas played Abilene Christian, North Texas, and Oral Roberts. Think about that. And, and it's like people were criticizing them for their non-conference schedule. It's like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. wait. That's three, like, I guess, lower-tier NCAA tournament teams. Like, that's still, like, a funny, like, kind of wraparound especially since all three of those teams had upsets in the first round but yeah arkansas will face oral roberts who has the nation's leading score in max Aismus. i mean he's he's tremendous yeah he's he, so good he, yeah he's he has range 
He's so good. But I think he, I think Arkansas did a pretty good job against him in the first time around, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean that the door's wide open for an elite eight appearance, and maybe a final four appearance, maybe. Yeah, knock on. I mean, board. they would have to get through Baylor, but still, I mean, no, he has, he has what it takes, and considering his postseason resume, I don't, you know. Obviously, I don't, I don't stand against it. You know, I have all the faith in the world, and yeah, it's a, that's kind of a crazy stat that Arkansas and Musselman have played against those other three teams in non-conference. Just goes to show, hey, don't ever judge by a book by its cover. Come, you know, preseason non-conference play because throw it all out the window. Come the NCAA tournament, that's so cool to see. And this well, it's year, just by virtue of them winning their conference. Yeah, tournament. well. And now you're here. Now you're beating guys out and everything like that. And, you know, one of my takeaways, I haven't watched a lot of it, um, let alone, what? you know what? I'm, this, is I'm, our ter- this, is, uh, this is our first tournament in two years. I know. I, I, I just, um, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched a single second of March Madness to this point. But And you're on this podcast? Yes. This is sickening. Right. This is, uh, I can't believe it. But um, carrying on. I mean, like, what are we doing here? I know. I know. You know, I've watched some highlights. I think like four or five. And I was like, Four or hey. five seconds? Like, yeah. I don't... yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hey. You're, this is never going to, this is never going to, uh, I'm never going to let go of this. This is disappointing news to hear. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, yeah. I don't know what to say. I think that's all I did this last weekend besides, like, do homework. A combination. But... Oh, and you I know, also had to do I don't some, know if I'm I allowed to do some NBA stuff, but I don't am I I don't know if I'm allowed to um have a takeaway since I haven't watched a single yeah, second what is that? Like, of the games. But uh like, it sounds like a lot yeah. of it sounds like a lot of Cinderella teams are still in it and that's always cool to see. So um This is wildly I can't this is this is this is you know, it's good to see Chicago Loyola still alive. Shout out Sister Jean, if you're listening. Hey, five star rating. This is tough. This is real tough. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't tell you who's playing who or anything like that. In fact, I don't know. I can name you maybe four or five schools right now in the Sweet 16. A little confused. This is a fireball offense. Yeah, it really is. I'm sorry. It's been a little busy. It's a poor, That's a piss-poor excuse. It really is. <laughs> that's terrible. Dude. It's, it's been on for excuse. four days. <laughs> It's a bad excuse. This is disappointing. Anyways, um, Isaiah, do you have anything more to add? No, no. Let's just let's go, Sister Jean. Let's go. You better Russell watch Man. the Sweet Sixteen this week. I mean, Sweet Sixteen starts on Saturday. It's not yeah. Friday. I mean, yeah. usually it would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. This week it starts on Saturday and will go Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, for I mean, the Sweet Sixteen will be Saturday, Sunday, and then the Elite Eight will be uh, Monday, Tuesday. But yeah, this is tough, dude. I didn't yeah. I didn't want to end on this. No, it's it's a sour ending note, but you know what? Um, yeah, I recommend. I, I recommend it. Yeah, I, I recommend, recommend it. it. I, yeah, I recommend. I'm gonna bounce back. I won't. I won't. Uh, I, I'll I'll try to end this on a happy note, and not be yeah. as angry as you as I am inside. Yeah, here's a here's a happy note. You know, hopefully next time we meet up on the podcast, AJ Brahma is in the silver and blue, and. That, I mean that too. I See was gonna say too. just hopefully just 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 a game, yeah. just a game. Like and, if you have, like if you have time, like you you have nothing to do with the rest of your night, and you yeah. see um, a five p.m. or six p.m. game come on, 
I recommend watching it. I yeah. recommend it. We'll do. It's it's fun for everyone involved, especially for those because we people like myself have been salivating for this for the last um, couple of years because I mean, of course, last year with COVID we couldn't do it, but. Yeah, I mean, of course, and if Nevada makes it, you better watch it. So, Oh, definitely. I, that's always a given, but, yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll just keep pumping out these weekly spring sport recaps, and, hey, just keep up the nice work. Good job, Nevada baseball. Obviously, Donna DiPolo, way to go. Awesome job. Nevada softball playing well. Men's golf did a strong finish. Women's tennis, great sweep. And women's soccer, I think they'll return to the – they'll get in the win column before we know it, so – Lots of optimism surrounding Nevada right now, and you know we'll continue talking about all that types of stuff, and just keep this train rolling, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Like and subscribe. Um, see you guys next week.